You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It is the most glorious of days in sports because it comes once a week and it's fantastic. It is a reckless speculation Thursday. Phil, by the way, computer updates. We've had a hell of a week with technology here with my microphone on Tuesday and now this. Phil will join Judd, Declan, and Scoopmeister Darren Doogie Wilson all over the local sports scene when it comes to the scoopage. Dukes, welcome to Reckless Speculation Thursday. We talked to you last on Tuesday, and when my mic did work, uh, we couldn't get a lot from you Vikings-wise because the final cuts weren't done yet until 3 o'clock. Those are now all done. They've made some moves. Um, what interested or what interests you the most about the direction of the 53-man roster that, that we see and uh, that Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Dofamenza will address, by the way, we're recording this at 8.30 in the morning, will address um, come 10 a.m. on Thursday. Well, good morning, Judd. Good morning, Declan, as far as I know. Hey, there's Phil Mackey as well on my screen. Technology! Yay! As far as I know, my technology is working okay. I see your mouth moving, Judd. I can hear words, so so far so good. So yeah, we're good. We have the band back together on this reckless speculation Thursday. So to address your question, Judd, I don't know if anything like shocked me. Them adding a running back wasn't a shock. I do still think adding a corner at some point, it may not be like today, but adding a corner would not surprise me. They trade low to the Patriots. So adding an offensive lineman, I wasn't like, whoa, didn't expect that. Okay. David Questenberry, you know, that name. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily know the name, but turns out he went to Kevin O'Connell's high school. He's friends with Brian O'Neill, same agency. There were a few teams in on David, but the Vikings, hey, there's a lot to sell if you're the Vikings, right? The agency knows how good of a reputation there is at TCO Performance Center, so they were able to sell David quickly on, hey, you should choose the Vikings over some other opportunities. I did not have Jalen Rager on my final 53-man, you know, that initial 53-man roster projection. So yeah, he initially makes it, but then the corresponding move when you make the Miles Gaskin move, like not surprising, the Ian Rappaport tweet, like I never sensed the Vikings had some sort of trade lined up for Rager. My understanding is there are teams interested in Rager, but they knew or figured all along he was going to hit the open market, teams like the Texans, the Cowboys, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Broncos, likely another team or two. But they were never willing to even give up a conditional draft pick for Jalen Rager. Kene Wangwu on injured reserve. Now, I'll tell you this much, Judd. My sense is he did not want to go onto injured reserve. But he hasn't practiced in a couple weeks. I still don't even know the specifics on the injury. Trust me, if I knew, I would share. But my understanding is he thinks he'll be ready to go 
before October 8th. But at this point, he needs to miss those first four games. So, so for the first game that he's eligible to come back for would be that October 8th game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Real quick, and sorry, I jumped in a couple minutes late because my computer chose right now to do one of those big, you know, like you open your computer, it's like, oh, you can't do anything. It's update time. So if I missed this off the top, I apologize. But on Jalen Rager, just going back a second. So the Vikings gave up a 2023 seventh round pick, and then it was going to be a conditional 2024 fourth round pick to the Eagles. But I believe he didn't hit the certain levels of performance so what are they is it a fifth round pick now next year that they still have to give the eagles for this failed jalen rager experiment that is my understanding phil that he didn't meet certain thresholds it's not a four but they still do owe philadelphia draft pick compensation in 2024 so my understanding is yes you're correct it is a fifth round pick that's brutal by the way i know that like you're gonna you're gonna tinker with some I'm okay with taking a shot, buying some stocks low, but it kind of feels like, and if I'm missing one, sorry, Quasey, kind of feels like all these little flyers he's taken, you know, the second round defensive lineman that they just cut after it was a black lock, right? Uh, that maybe there was a reason why these guys were, that their stock had fallen, I guess, in retrospect. You know what, though? I don't mind swinging on these highly touted prospects coming out of college, hoping that you hit maybe on one or two. Maybe they hit on Davenport this year. But yeah, Blacklock, Rager, swings and misses so far. But I don't necessarily knock the strategy when we're talking about day three picks, especially if they can continue to have some success in undrafted free agency. I get it that Luigi Villain, you know, was a cut. He's now back on the practice squad, but at least he contributed somewhat. Last year's special teams, Now you think about Ivan Pace Jr. So if they can hit on one guy a year, maybe two in undrafted free agency, I'm okay giving up a later day three pick on these swings. Speaking of flyers, dude, do you sense that Andre Carter II made the 53 in part because of what he did get as far as um, as his contract? As a UDFA, you know, ordinarily, he'd be on the practice squad. He wouldn't make the team. They clearly liked him. Now, I will say this. And maybe you saw something I didn't in training camp, but I never saw him flash at all. Like as much as Pace did, and Pace was incredible for a a guy who was not drafted. uh, I did not see when Carter came back from, I I think he was on the pup to start training camp. I never saw a thing there. So do you sense that this was more of a, well, we paid him, what, $350,000? We probably just for appearances and because they did like him at first should keep him. Yes, I mean, I think now maybe they fell under the agent's, you know, spell, right? But that they were led to believe that they exposed him, that they could have lost him, that they knew how much interest there was in him post-draft when they beat out a bunch of other teams, gave him a $300,000 signing bonus, that they thought, right or wrong, but that they thought, hey, not sure we can get him through waivers that we are intrigued enough. That's why we gave him all that money post-draft. We have room, but it's not like, you know, he's taking a spot and you're like, whoa, can't believe they did this, this, and this. Like, to me, the 53-man, which is always fluid, it's going to change, heck, may change here in the next, you know, few days again, right? But, like, right now, you look at the appearance of the 53-man, Judd, and I'm not, like, looking at it and saying, whoa, like, How did they do that and make that move? 
Like, so when you just you start slicing and dicing it, I can see why they kept Andre Carter. But there was a belief that they were going to lose him. I don't know if they would have. It's not like there were a ton of waiver claims, but there were enough, but that they thought they would lose him if they tried to get him through waivers. Yeah, he does. He does seem like a cl- <laughs> Whoa, Phil. Do we just lose Phil? He did. Speaking of fifty-three man roster cuts, uh, some someone someone was uh, someone was cut there from the bike. And Judd's at TCO. It'd be one thing if Judd dropped off, you know, giving yeah. some roster takes from from the actual facility. But in Minneapolis, Phil just drops off the, completely. I'm going to tell you guys as and Dukes know, knows this. The uh, hard line here. It's. It, you can't screw with it, Dex. Like this is where trades are made. You the the internet in the building I'm in right now. It is double secret probation, top notch. Because you know what, the Vikings can't afford to drop off like Phil just did. Welcome back, Phil. Matt. Well, quick side street. You know what I did? I think I, I think it's self inflicted. So when I when the, my this is a new uh, a new streaming computer here as of a couple weeks ago. It's been great. We've had no issues. And today was like big update day. And after the update, it reset my clock back to like midnight. So like my computer turned back on, but the clock was gone. So as we were doing the segment here, I just changed the clock back manually to where it was. And it like, it just like refreshed everything. So I think, all right, I won't touch anything. I'm back. That's very I'm Judd-like. ready to recklessly speculate. <laughs> That's very Dukes like Judd like. It's very unfill like or Declan like. Hey Judd, by the way, my clock. Yeah. Judd, how does the internet at TCO Performance Center compare to that of the internet in Hubbard Broadcasting Building? Oh, my God. Oh, let's see here. On a scale of 1 to 10 here, it's an 11. Hubbard, depending on what part of that building you're, you're in, might be a 2. Probably it's a 5 at best. It's between a minus 3 and a 2, yeah. depending on where you're at in, in the building. So as I was so eloquently attempting to say, Andre Carter feels like a classic practice squad guy where – He's like a two-year project. You're trying to mold him. So they obviously felt, like Doogie said, that someone was going to put him on the 53, I guess. But there's some other really interesting, like if you look at the practice squad as we see it right now, like Jawan Williams, like it, the rules are different than they used to be. You can put guys on the practice squad now, a certain number that have more than two years experience. It used to be, it had to be two years experience or less, or you aren't eligible. You're just out of the league, basically. But Jawan Williams, been in the league for five years with the Patriots. Uh, came into camp getting starting reps. He's on the practice squad. Sheldon Day has been in the NFL for almost a decade, and he's just going to hang out on your practice squad. So, the, so they actually in the Luigi Valane. I thought a team might claim him and put him on the fifty-three. The Vikings actually have a pretty interesting practice squad. Dare I say? Well, yes. Troy Reader is another vet that the Vikings tried to re-sign. They wanted him for the practice squad. He turned down the Vikings offer. He is now on the Rams practice squad. But another move that hasn't been officially announced, but it does sound like the Vikings will add Hakeem Adeniji, an offensive lineman who has started games for the Cincinnati Bengals. My understanding is the Vikings beat out the Jets, 49ers, Raiders, and Dolphins for this offensive lineman who has played in Dude, games. He played in the Super Bowl. Think I'm about adding sure. Questenberry. Not very then well. Then I mean, you've got some options, right? I mean, they like some of the other backups too. Heck, Chris Reed will eventually be back in October. They trust him enough. So they feel like they've got some depth. Now, truly, like if they lose O'Neal or Derrissaw, you know, I mean, best of luck. But they feel like, 
they have as much depth in that offensive line room as they've had in a really long time. So uh, to go back to the discussion about um, that you brought up, Doogie, the changes that potentially might come on the 53, what is the sense too? Because I got to think at some point in time that, that these guys are going to get jobs. It's trending after week one when their salary is not guaranteed that uh, Dalton Reisner and Kareem Hunt at the very least are going to resurface in the league, if not here. Because I would guess now that this has played out for so long that if teams like the Vikings remain intrigued by them, that they're just going to try and push this to after September 10th uh, to potentially sign them. And then they give them a signing bonus, but their entire salary would not be guaranteed. Yeah, and I haven't looked yet this morning. Did Bradley Roby, the cornerback, did he get picked up or see another name that could sign after week one? You know I can what? check I can on that. that real quick. I mean, Declan could too. Yeah, yeah somebody so Bradley Roby was let go by the Saints. Was he picked up at all last night? Apologies oh. for not knowing this. No, we, let's pause the show here. This is good. This is good right here. Absolutely. Well, check on that. I mean, yeah, I'll I mean, I don't sense anything's hopping on Reisner or Hunt. I will say they did try to add Melvin Gordon to the practice squad. And what was that dialogue like? Because Melvin is pretty darn accomplished. Now, he's on the Ravens practice squad, so he chose to go back to Baltimore versus coming here to Minnesota. But what would that have looked like? Was there any sort of, hey, like, come to the practice squad, but we'll put you on the 53-man, or, hey, you have a great chance? Like, I just I wonder what that dialogue was like. But that's another veteran name that the Vikings chased on mm-hmm. Wednesday. But I just – I haven't heard any recent Reisner – or Hunt Steam. I did see our buddy Tom Palacero put something out about Kareem that there are some offers out there, but I wonder if that's the Colts or is it the Saints perhaps or some other team that's not the Vikings. But yeah, I mean, it's ever-changing, right? I mean, the 53-man today isn't going to be the 53-man. Heck, I don't think it'll be the 53-man on September 12th, put it that way. I think it's time for our every-other-day TJ Hawkinson update. It is interesting when put when most players miss a full month of practice, which wasn't it August 3rd, the first day that he sat out the full team. So it it's early. been, it's yeah. been a month. It was early. Yeah, it was either the third or the fourth, but yeah, I mean, it was early August. Yes. Now he is, I think a critical enough player that you would, you would not put him on an injured reserve list where he has to miss the first four weeks. You try to get him back, but uh, the Vikings, at some point here, I think next Wednesday officially have to put out their first official injury report. I just wonder where is this going? Is he is he going to show up on the injury report with a lower back still, or is it going to feel fine before next Wednesday? Um, I don't know if you have an update on the contract situation, Doogie, because it's you know kind of day to day here. But uh, the whole situation is very interesting still. Well, yeah, very interesting. Here's what I'll say, Phil. The Vikings are planning as if Hawkinson will be good to go on September 10th, that there are no worries there. Now, I can't foresee what exactly is going to be on that injury report in six days. Yeah, will it be lower back? Will it be ear infection? That I don't know. I'm just telling you, the Vikings are game planning. They are scheming. They are believing that TJ Hawkinson will be good to go against Tampa Bay on September 10th. As for contract talks, sure, they've been going on for a while. Neil Cornrich, his representation, Rob Brzezinski in the Vikings front office. I don't necessarily have an update here on Thursday morning, August 31st, 
I just know that they've been busy robbing others in the Vikings front office on some other fronts the last, you know, since we last chatted about 47 hours ago. So I don't sense there's been any sort of like incredible momentum gained, you know, Wednesday into Thursday morning. But I do know that both sides would still like to get a deal done. They just would. And in an ideal world, the Vikings would already have this Hawkinson deal done. Heck, they would have the Justin Jefferson deal done as well. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, if, if we can tra- transition to Twins, Dex was at the uh, Saints game last night, which was the first game that Buxton played center field since I think a year ago, August. Um, and also Alex Kirilov was uh, with the Saints playing in th- that game as well. What type of intelligence do you have about the about how things went with Buxton uh, and where things might be trending? Because I do think that we're getting a little bit a- ahead of ourselves at times. Like, this is Byron Buxton. We don't know. He might pull a hamstring again. So how slow do you think the Twins are going to attempt to play this assignment? And where do you think it leads here, let's say, in the next two weeks? Yeah, well, it leads to Byron Buxton being in center field for the Twins in the next two weeks. Okay. But he felt fine after he came out last night. Limited action. Derek Falvey of the Twins was in attendance last night. Declan, I don't know if you bonded with Derek Falvey, but he was there. But my understanding is Buxton. They shared a hot dog, and they started from opposite ends. I I was by all the players' wives and also Nick Gordon, who was just chilling in the stands in his street clothes. Poor guy. Well, he went to go see his buddy, Byron Buxton. I mean, they've been doing all sorts of work pregame together, and Kirilov for that matter. So he went to go cheer on his guys. Alex Kirilov for that matter. Also feeling good after last night. So both guys trending toward being back in the Twins lineup, certainly in the next week or two. Heck, there was no finality on them being in the lineup last night as of Tuesday morning. But those guys felt so good. I had mentioned on Tuesday morning they were going to hop in the batter's box on Tuesday afternoon at Target Field, take live batting practice against Jorge Alcala. Well, after that, both guys felt so good. It was like, hey, let's have you go play for the Saints. On Wednesday night, we knew it would be this week if everything continued to feel good. But, like, it wasn't even in stone on Tuesday morning. Hey, these guys will be in the Saints lineup on Wednesday night. So I would say there's some fluidity to when each will be back in the Twins lineup, but it is trending in that direction. One other Saints-related note, tonight, CHS Field, Louis Varland will pitch three innings in relief. Oh, here we go. That is trending toward Louis Varland. Being a September call-up, the Twins using Varland out of the bullpen in September, seeing if it translates. They think his stuff can translate out of the pen to see if it makes sense to have him on the playoff roster come October 3rd. I could see that being his career path. You know, he's, I don't, I don't think, especially with some of these arms they have, like Lopez is going to be here. I mean, Sonny Gray's not going to be here. Joe Ryan's going to be here. I don't know that he's one of your three playoff. If you get to the playoffs a few years here, I don't know that Louis Varland is like starting a wild card game, but maybe, maybe he becomes one of these 
big strikeout seventh, eighth inning guys that can help build that bridge to Durant. I'm intrigued by it. And I also love that despite how disappointing the twins have been for large chunks of the season, that they're literally mapping out a playoff path. They're, they're, they're building a playoff blueprint right now, more than a month away from October, even after losing two of three to the second place team in the division, because it doesn't matter. Like they're going to win the division. Nice job guardians. Congratulations. But the twins are already planning like Louis Varland getting some relief outings here before September starts. And I think it's hilarious. Well, and there could be some other roster reinforcements. So I am told that the front office has the green light today to put in some waiver claims. So you think about the (laughs) Angels putting all these players on waivers. Now the Reds and Marlins are in front of the Twins. I am told the Twins worry in particular about the Reds claiming a guy or two. But based on the Twins losing to the Guardians the last two days, they now have waiver priority over the Diamondbacks. Is that how that works, though? But the claim is put – it wasn't the claim put in – like, how does that work? Is it where – I was told it's based on your record through Wednesday's games. As of this moment, what is your record? The Twins tanked on purpose! The Twins tanked on purpose! Let's go! So they have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I would take a look at those pitchers. I mean, they had interest in Matt Moore back Mm -hmm. in the winter. Ronaldo Lopez, like, Yes. I mean, how would you turn that down? So those two relievers in particular, let's see what happens. I do know the Twins feel like the Reds are a team to watch, but they also felt like the Giants and Diamondbacks as of two days ago were teams to watch. Now the Twins are in front of those two teams. I just know that if Derek Falvey wants to put in a waiver claim or two, he has been given the green light to do so. We should know by 1 or 2 o'clock this afternoon if the Twins are awarded any of these guys. We do not think, just based on what they did and did not do at the deadline, we do not think the Guardians will put in claims, correct? Because they do have priority, and they are only five games back. But I think they were a half game back when they dumped Savali. So common sense would say that they're not going to be allowed by their owner to put in a claim. But I guess that's that's my question is, would the Guardians, with three games left against the Twins, say, ah, you know what, okay, we'll we'll claim a guy? or two, because if they do, it helps them and, of course, directly hurts the Twins. I would be really, really surprised. Heck, they DFA'd Noah Syndergaard the other day. I get it. Looks like he's cooked. Yeah. But wouldn't you play that thing out a little bit? But, yeah, the Savali trade, the Josh Bell trade, who's been a really good addition since he got to Miami. Josh Bell has raked pretty good, right? It looks like at the trade deadline, the Indians waved the Guardians, excuse me, the white flag, right? So never say never. I don't have deep insight into the Guardians front office. So sincere apologies for that. I guess we could recklessly speculate, but I would be surprised. It's Thursday. I really would, right? I mean, it just, it looks like the Guardians are going to roll with who they have. So I'll just tell you this much. The Twins are not concerned about the Guardians blocking them. It's more of those National League teams. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, if they tanked on purpose, that's a chess move that I didn't think they were capable of. Hey, listen, guys, we got to give up a couple runs here late because we feel like we're we're in a bad spot waiver claim wise. So if you could just get out there, Throw hey, is that the why they called up that? Yeah, the yeah. Thunderbird hey. guy, right? No, hey, hey, Duran, here's what I want you to do. I want you to throw a pitch that's behind the batter. It doesn't hit him. Make sure you don't hit him behind him. 
Oh, yeah, this well, is And great. allow a base runner. I mean, hey, yeah. Joan, you haven't had a clean inning in forever. So just continue doing what you're doing. But while you're doing that, allowing at least one base runner, please allow that base runner to score. Yeah, no. I don't think it was quite to that extent. Elaborate right But there, yeah, them losing the last two days deep down was not a bad thing. I'm with you, Phil. I mean, what's the fan graphs percentage this morning? Is it still 96 or 97%? It's, it's over 90%, yeah. And I get it. Weird stuff has happened, particularly with this franchise. But I just have a hard time believing the Twins are not going to be playing on Tuesday, October 3rd. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you should also keep doing what you're doing, Doogie, because you've lost a considerable amount of weight thanks to your friends at MN Fat Loss the last few weeks. MNFatLoss.com, Phil. How about this? So it was State Fair Wednesday for the Wolfsons, right? Yearly tradition. I suck it up. I try to win Father of the Year, right? Really have no interest. You know, my highlight of the State Fair is when it's in my rearview mirror, but hey, the kids love it. The wife loves it. So I go, well, while in Rome, right, while at the state fair, right, I partake, right? I needed my dairy-building malt. I needed a gizmo. But, hey, mnfatloss.com, I know, isn't it? It's my favorite thing, Phil. Yeah, it's a nice little walk way on the other end. But I love it. But guess what? mnfatloss.com provides me the guidance, the information I need, right, to be able to successfully navigate a day at the state fair. I actually lost. 0.2 0.2 pounds. I just weighed myself this morning. Lost 0.2 pounds after eating a bunch at the state fair because I have all the necessary information. MNFatLoss.com. I've lost about 20 pounds going back to July 2nd. I've moved on from the reduction phase to the maintenance phase, reintroducing some foods. They are great. They give you the guidance you need, but they are not overbearing. It's all about when to eat, what to eat how to eat, portion control. I love what they have done for me. MNFatLoss.com. Their unique plan gets your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. So that's a big part of it. Energy compared to actual poundage lost. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600. 763-312-7600. Or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, DC. Results may vary. Hopefully Scooby isn't annoying in the background. No, Scooby just wants Nutrisource, and we we totally get that, you know, around here. Uh, Duke, let's empty the scoop bag here. What else do you have for us at the bottom of that scoop bag? Absolutely. So go for football in Nebraska tonight. As of last night, the NCAA, what a joke. Craig McDonald, my guy from Minnehaha Academy, Safety, transfers, in from Auburn, Nickelback, started his collegiate career at Iowa State. So the second transfer, he needs this waiver from the NCAA to be eligible to play right now. As of last night, the NCAA has not let him know if he can play tonight or not. Shame on the NCAA for dragging this on. There's other situations where players are waiting for the answer. Is it yes or is it no? Just give him an answer. So I feel horrible for Craig McDonald. Ten NFL teams will have scouting representation at Huntington Bank Stadium tonight, including the Vikings, Packers, and Bears. You think about Tyler Newbin, go for safety. Brevin Spanford, go for tight end. Both guys, legit top four round prospects come next April. It's a big night for Gophers basketball. They'll have some recruits at the game, including a kid from New Mexico named Daniel Jacobson, a big man. 
from the class of 2025, who they have offered. He is in town on an official visit. Commit for 24, Isaac Asima of Cherry, way up on the Iron Range. He also plays football, so he will not be with the basketball team at tonight's game. The Timberwolves, before Ty Ty Washington, the former first-round pick, the point guard who was out of the University of Kentucky, before he signed a two-way contract this week with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Wolves had some interest. Didn't get quite to the point of the Wolves extending Washington a two-way offer. Heck, Milwaukee is a good situation for Ty Ty Washington, but the Wolves registered a little bit of interest in Ty Ty Washington. Matt Boldy tees off today at Cragen's. Up in the Brainerd area, he is playing on that Canadian PGA Tour. I forget the specific event. So the backstory, I don't know if this is out there. Ryan Hartman was initially asked, hey, do you want to play? And he's got something going on this week. So through Ryan's agent, it was, you know, scuttlebutt. Hey, Matt Boldy is a really good player. So the wheels went in motion. Anyway, Matt Boldy has this sponsor's exemption. He's about a two handicap. Who's a really good player. So Matt Boldy playing starting today in this Canadian PGA event up at Craigans in Brainerd. Love it. There he is. Little inside information, little reckless speculation about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. Darren Doogie Wilson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. All right, Doogie, great stuff, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. Absolutely, boys. And again, I expect Greg Harbo to call plays for the Gophers tonight, but collaborative effort. I expect the Gophers to win, but Nebraska, very much a mystery. Should be a very fun night at Huntington Bank Stadium. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Judd and I will be there enjoying ourselves. Declan's going to be at the Pearl Jam concert tonight, hosting some Score North listeners at the X. (laughs) I'm jealous. And I'll be at a school orientation for some of the evening. Yeah. Trust me. It's a busy night I'm jealous. Jealousy and envy. I wish I was Declan. Hey, I take you and... And Judd as well, Phil. I wish I was at Huntington Bank Stadium tonight, but I'll be watching Gus Johnson on the call. So I'll be uh, I'll be oh. entertained watching the TV feed. Love it. We'll throw a, we'll throw an extra beverage back in your honor at the uh, Babu tailgate in the in the lot tonight. It. So all right, say my best right, to Nadine. Dude. See you, boys. See you, buddy. Judd, I want to know how you feel about Matt Boldy playing in a professional golf tournament. Sounds a little dangerous. Like maybe I I say, what if he uh, pulls a hamstring or something? Well, you know what? I'm comfortable with it. I'm, I'm very comfortable. I, I think golf is a great sport. Like if you're going to endeavor to do something that, that is not your sport, that's competitive during your um, off season. I think golf's a great sport to play. I'm very comfortable with this. So you're in, you're okay with golf. You're okay with golf, but not other activities. Like what well, about it depends on what you'd be doing? Yeah. Like what? Like I mean, skydiving. No. Okay. Boating. You okay with boating? No. If he's on a Bennington, of course I am. If he's on a Bennington from Power Lodge and Legend Miller of, Marine, yeah, yeah, then I'm cool. Then I'm good with it. Yeah. 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 Four metro locations. You can there find, uh, or like I should say, greater metro locations for Power Lodge and Miller Marine in St. Cloud. You know, we, we refuse to believe that this weekend is the end of summer, so you can still get into a Bennington and enjoy. I think. I mean, look, it's gonna be like a hundred degrees next week. Yeah, there's ba- now if Boldy's doing a backflip do off Don't of Bennington, that, that might violate his contract, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Yes, yeah. and I get nervous. Powerlodge.com and MillerMarine.com to uh, to find whatever fun toy it is that you're interested in. And uh, that's a wrap on this scoop session here. Reckless speculation Thursday. We're also gonna on Purple Daily. Judd is out there at the practice facility. We're gonna react to the 53-man roster press conference, and then the Twins are on the Immaculate Grid today on the Scorner Twin Show. 
Let's get it.